Hi, and welcome to Solo Segment Search Chat. I'm Tim Peter. In this episode of Solo Segment Search Chat, Solo Segment CEO Steve Zinker and I talk about Google's end-of-life announcement for its Universal Analytics product in favor of Google Analytics 4. We explore different ways to measure search success for your B2B website and why that matters for your business. And we consider alternative ways to think about website search success for your company and your customers. All that and more on the latest Solo Segments Search Chat, coming at you right about now. Well, hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks, Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing well as well. Well, we've had an interesting discussion in prep for our discussion. Yes. And for those who are listening to this, again, when you're hearing this, this is going to be old news, but the news just broke this week, the week that we're recording this, Mm -hmm. that Google has officially end of life Google Analytics, uh, what they call universal analytics, right? The current version, the version that we all know as Google Analytics, will be uh, end of life uh, depending on if you get the free or the paid, either July of 2023 or October of 2023, respectively. And they are encouraging people uh, to get on GA4 now, Google Analytics right. 4, so they can get some year-on-year data. And the reason this is relevant, the reason you and I were talking about this, is because you spent some time this week digging into some Google Analytics data, you and some folks on the team for yeah. various clients of ours, and it led to a fascinating discovery. And I thought you might want to talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, you know, it, and it really is uh, about, you know, kind of the context of metrics in, um, and, and yeah. I, had a, I had a couple of really interesting discussions uh, this week. So the first um, was... Uh, they're a current client. We're looking at expanding our relationship with them. And we were talking about uh, how they, and they, they're they a multi-platform, they're a very large company. So they're a multi-platform yeah, yeah. company. So our competitors, two of our competitors are in the company. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a really interesting sort of relationship. And, um, and we were actually talking about the implementation of one of our competitors' technologies and, and kind of why they couldn't, uh, they couldn't do something they could do with our technology. And so the first thing as we looked under the hood, well, I guess two things surprised me about this. One, you know, we talk about search as a service a lot, um, that, you know, the, the search engine should just work. And it's just shocking how many search technologies in the marketplace are like a Ziploc bag full of parts and like a dashboard, <laughs> right? You know, it's like, and we are kind of the antithesis of that, right? We want to, you know, right. reduce your need to go out and hire some, some consulting experts. But the thing that's relevant to this conversation, which is kind of yeah. this goofy math around and goofy, goofy data around search, <laughs> yep. was, you know, we were talking about the, the A-B testing, they call it experiments on this other platform, uh, mm-hmm. the A-B testing capabilities of the platform. And it's like, yeah, we optimize on clicks, and, you know, every time I hear somebody's like optimizing their search experience on clicks, I just kind of cringe because as, <laughs> as, as we've talked for, you know, an endless amount of time, first, we have a very different perspective. We measure of behavior, goal achievement um, yep. as kind of our default metric. We have a success metric. Was the visitor successful? But the reason we do that is because we think of it as an end-to-end customer experience. You know, no customer says, oh, I came to your website to navigate and now I'm searching, right? They don't think about the experience that way, right? They're right. thinking about it end-to-end. Nor, nor should they. 
No, no. It's like nobody thinks that way about your business. Only you right. think about your business that way. <laughs> right. Uh, so, um, so anyway, so, you know, we had a good discussion about uh, success metrics and how to include those in automating improvements and automating some, some enhancements to the user experience. And so that was kind of my first discussion, which is like really how, you know, even for, and again, this competitor of ours, you know, they're considered a leader, right? They're a really strong yeah, company yeah. and they yeah. still think about this wrong. I'll just be flat out. They're thinking <laughs> about this wrong, right? So like, nobody I, I cares like, about I like that you pull your punches on these things, Steve. I think I, that's, you know, one of my you know favorite me, things I'm about delicate. you. Is. Yes, I'm very delicate. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, and delicate and obtuse, I think is the best way to phrase it to describe me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so so they're still talking about clicks, and you know, again, yeah, the yeah. only people who care about clicks are are you know people who build search technologies, I guess, because I don't I don't know anybody who really thinks that a click is a good thing. Well, people right? who people who look at metrics as opposed to looking at a customer journey or a customer yeah. experience, right? You know, an analyst and I, probably I think likes that's a right. click. You yeah, know? you're right, and and you know, again, there could be various incentives within an organization that cause that to be an area of focus. Yeah. So I can't discount you know, organizational uh, incentives. But, you know, at the end of the day, it really is about the overall customer experience. And so, again, just that was kind of one kind of little vignette around uh, around metrics. And then uh, that actually, the same evening, um, we were uh, getting ready for a renewal on another client. And, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things, you know, we're a very metrics-driven organization. And so one of the things we always want to do is we're talking about, you know, how's the past year gone with the client? And this is a client who's been with us for a number of years. Um, so even though they're, they're, you know, kind of very loyal, right, we're still doing the work to make sure that we're demonstrating the value. And so one of the things we look at are conversion rates. And it's part of our mm-hmm. math, right? Because mm-hmm. we are looking at beyond the search engine, did the searcher actually find what they're looking for? Did they convert? And one of the metrics we always start with, and we do this during the sales process as well, but it's um, what percentage, you know, we look at conversion rates for searchers versus non-searchers. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a report anybody can do in Google Analytics. I'm sure Adobe has uh, this. I'm not sure if Core Metrics does, you know, uh, but uh, slight well, and shot. I, and I, I do feel it's necessary to point out anyone can do this in Adobe Analytics. Anyone can do this in Google Analytics if you configure this in Google Analytics well, or Adobe that's Analytics. Fair. It doesn't, it that's does fair. not come out of the box that way. But yes, you yeah. can learn this if you take the time to set it up. And as we've seen, mm. oh, a time or a hundred. Yeah. Very few people take the time to set yeah, it up. But you should do that. Way. If you're using those tools, yeah. set it up, whether you use us or not then come hire us because we'll do it better. But anyway, there we you go. were saying. <laughs> so uh, so what we do is we just pull this report that says, what's the conversion rate, searchers versus non-searchers? Yeah. And uh, and every time we do this for a client, uh, it is always just kind of out of the box, this report shows searchers have a higher uh, conversion rate. And of course, mm-hmm. the reason that is, is because they are high intent visitors. Of course. Um, if you just kind of think about the behavior you come to a website, you think the company has a solution to your problem, right? You're not browsing, right? You're like, you're there right. with purpose. And if they can't make sense of your navigation, uh, if your organic search results in Google aren't great and don't land them in the right place, these high intent people, 
they're, they're persistent. They're not leaving. They want the solution you have, so they're going to search. And so it's just kind mm-hmm. of intuitive that the vast majority of the searchers are high intent. And our data support, supports this. The data we see in Google Analytics supports this as well. So, yeah. so we usually yeah. see out of the box, this report shows, yeah, you know, uh, I think our average is 87% right now. So on average, uh, you know, searchers are 87% more likely to achieve some sort of conversion on the website right. than non-searchers. Right. And as and as you said, as you kind of said, setting this up again, the Mm -hmm. causality there is the other way around. Right. They are searching because they're high intent. It's not that they are converting because they searched. Search. Absolutely. We always want people to be clear on that. You know, it's it's they are your best customers because they care so much. And thus they are taking a search as opposed to well, you make people search and suddenly your conversion right. rates will double. That's sadly not the way it works. Yes, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You more want to take care of the searchers <laughs> than get more people to search. Correct, um, right, but, right, right. But that said, uh, get more people to search too. So um, for sure. So so as I said, every time we do this, we always see it's higher, except for this time. It was basically equal, which was Oh yeah, yeah. It was perplexing. And so we teased into the data and, you know, one of the ways kind of our first step to tease into it is to go look at what are the conversion rates uh, of sessions that go through certain key pages. So Mm -hmm. it's really to kind of look at the role of key pages like search, like your homepage, like maybe some, uh, some destination on your site that gets a lot of traffic. And Mm -hmm. so we look at all the visitor journeys that go through each of those kind of nodes, recognizing there's some overlap, right? Because you could both search and be on the homepage and be on the community site, right? You of do course. But it allows us to begin to kind of separate out where are their contributions and what, what things are con- contributing. And of course, the highest converting page on their website or the higher convert, highest converting path on their website included like basically, you know, the submission form for, for conversion events. So no yep. brainer there. Yep. Um, number two uh, at 5.5% was the search page. So visitors who go through search, uh, sure. uh, you know, converted at 5.5%. Uh, journeys that went through the homepage uh, was the next on the list. I think that was 2.4%. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, one of their communities uh, on the website was maybe 1.3 or something. And sure. then it was, you know, under under 1% for any other path through any other page on the website. So you know, that gave us some insight. Now, we, we don't understand exactly why their metrics showed them, you know, searches, non-searches, just about even. First time we've seen it. So we've got to peel that back a little bit more. But there's another truth in data about, um, about how you measure your website. And this is, I think, the biggest error when people think about the contribution of search on their website. And it's really how you think about all the traffic to your website. Kind of what's what's the kind of the likelihood that people on your website are going to convert? And what our our hypothesis is, not hypothesis, the data shows this, uh, is that really the addressable portion of the folks on your website is roughly a third of them. And and by, by addressable, I mean the people who could convert on your website that you could have a chance of converting your website, it's about a third of the traffic that gets you. Right, right. Well, this is a thing we've talked about before, uh, not here on the show, but that we've talked about before, you know, um, internally is the fact that, you know, 
a lot of the numbers people look at aren't actually telling you the truth, right? I mean, yes. this, when we talk about addressable market, there's a lot of people who come to your site who can't convert. And you've got some great insights as to why yeah. that is. And if you could talk about that a bit, this would be great. Yeah. So they, they kind of come into about four buckets. Um, yep. the, the first, but there's two buckets that are really easy to understand. Uh, job seekers, they're not there to convert, <laughs> sure. right? So they're not going to sure. convert. Sure. And that population that, you know, visits your about us or your investor page, whether you're a publicly traded company or privately, there's a huge audience of people who are just looking for information about your company. And, right. you know, this could be 20 to 40% of your website traffic. So it can be a pretty, especially the job seeker piece can be very significant. Uh, and sure. certainly if you're a publicly traded company, um, it, it can be a pretty significant component as well. So right. you've got to kind of set information or things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All that yeah. about us stuff. Um, yeah. So you kind of set all that aside. The other two buckets are first kind of what I consider the error bucket, which is probably a bit strong. But, you know, these <laughs> are the folks um, who came to your website by accident, probably a relatively yep. small portion, but, you know, they clicked on the link and they didn't mean to click on a link or, you know, they, yep. they misspelled the URL, whatever. Right. Um, or they fat fingered a, an ad on a mobile device or something along uh, those lines. You bet. I do that a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the mobile advertisers, uh, the mobile publishers are kind of okay when you do that. There's a yeah, reason why and we I all swear do lot, those right? things <laughs> jump around to oh, make me... Oh, uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying. So, the, but the, but the big part of error, the errors, I think, are the folks, it's kind of the targeting error, right? That, you know, and it could be through an ad, so it could be through a paid uh, thing, it could be through an organic thing. Oh, sure. You know, you know but you're getting, people are clicking on the link and they're like, oh, yeah, that's not what I wanted. Or, oh, they don't do business in my industry. Or, or oh, that's not the product I thought it was, right? So right, it's, right. it's at best curiosity seekers, but really it's probably you know, not the right audience for you. And either through a copy, you know, kind of ambiguity in your advertising or through bad targeting in your LinkedIn campaigns or whatever it was, right? Well, You're getting, or, one, or yep. one I've definitely seen now that you mentioned this, you know, is is folks who they're very high in the journey. They are not a sophisticated user. They yeah. do a search for what they think the thing is sure. called. And then when they click through, they're like, oh, not that. It's clearly called something else. Right. I mean, you definitely get some of that, especially, yeah, you know, you people bet. very, very early in their journey because some terms, you sure. know, uh, I, the Java example, right? Well, did they want, you know, the island in the South Pacific? Did they want the programming right. language or did they just want a cup of coffee? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, sure. Sure. Anyway. And, and that number can be pretty significant. I mean, sure. at, at the low end, that could be 20% of your visitors. At the high end, mm -hmm. 30 to 40. So mm -hmm. that can be a pretty big, uh, but but the, by far the biggest is the fourth. So we got job seekers, we got about us investors, we've got errors. But the biggest, uh, I think most folks will find the biggest kind of bucket of unaddressable traffic is the one-page visit traffic. And Right. And it's not, I mean, I guess marketers think about bounces as bad and i get mm -hmm. that but mm -hmm. the reality is if i get an email and i click on that email to go to the blog post that you wrote today about whatever topic um i know you'd like that blog post to be compelling enough to make convince me to spend half a million dollars with your company <laughs> but the reality is maybe i just want to learn about the topic you're writing about today i, I guess right. in the same way this podcast today you know people are going to want to understand a little bit more about metrics in search 
but they don't necessarily want to buy from us, by the way. You're happy to if you'd like to, but you know, they're not ready to buy from us, right? And so Right. The the journey is over, right? right. They've they've clicked the link, whether however they got it, they clicked the link, they read the post, they listened mm-hmm. to the blog post, whatever it was, uh, the they listened to the podcast, rather, whatever it was. Yeah. They got the answer to their question. And they were done. They're yeah, done. The journey's over. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 for sure. And so when you kind of add up the ranges on this, you know, that's where I get my third. You know, about a third of your yep. traffic is yep. addressable because yep. these are the people who have come to you with intention. Uh, they've come to you, you know, kind of knowing full well that you might be a good solution to their pain. And so they mm-hmm. are engageable, right? They're the folks who are going to, you know, yeah. engage in a multi-page visit. And this notion of addressable visitors, I think, really does reframe not only how you think about search, but I think it's like how you think about all of your metrics. Mm -hmm. You know, you you hear people say, oh, you know, uh, uh, people, you know, people who come to our website, uh, and by the way, I'm... uh, there's some language change I've had recently. I don't know if you've picked up on it, Tim. (laughs) I'm referring to people who come to your website, not website visitors. As website opposed to visitors. visitors or as opposed to users yeah. or something. Right. These are lines. not, right. yeah. this is not a, like, we, we should think about them as people with a purpose. And like, I agree. I completely so agree. A little bit of a change. I've been trying to be very intentional about that. Yeah. Yeah. But these, these people who come to your website who are addressable, like we sometimes lament, oh, we only are getting 1.2 pages per visit on our website. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's for the whole pie. Right. But if you just think about, all right, a third of our visitors are the addressable ones. Well, that means the addressable folks are probably here for 3.6 pages per visit. Yep. You yep. know, so you, you, it begins to kind of reframe how you think about everything. And indeed, you know, one of uh, the folks I was talking to a couple of weeks ago, Prospect said, you know, only 5% of our visitors, you know, search. Mm-hmm. But by definition, a searcher is a multi-page visit, is an addressable visit, is a mm-hmm. high intent visit. And if you know, 5% of your visitors are searching. That means 15 or more percent of your addressable visitors are searching. Right. And so, again, I think it, this notion of addressable visitors really does help you kind of rethink how you're thinking about all of your metrics. Because I think we are, as marketers, dramatically underreporting the effectiveness of what we do because we think about the big pie, right? We always want to report, oh, we had a million right. visitors to the site. We had 1.2 million. Yeah, but you really only had 300 or 400,000 who are addressable by you, who are really ready and willing to engage. And it's really what you do with them. And that's why we think search is so important is because right. not only is it in this client's case, I gave you an example of earlier, 125% more likely to convert than people who come to your homepage. Um, right. or, or any other page, right? Because it just gets worse from there. Uh, but they're 125% more likely to convert. And when you think about that, they represent probably 15 or 20% of the addressable audience on your website. Good God, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you make sure that they have an awesome customer experience? No, it makes total sense. So I, while we're sitting here, if, if you know anybody who's seeing the video will see me looking off screen because I'm looking yeah. at a different uh, screen that I've got some data up, and I just pulled up one of our clients' data, mm-hmm. you know, and the, um, you know, the people who came to this one website, on average, they viewed 1.6 pages per session, 1.7 right. if I round up, and had an average session duration of a, a minute 15. Right. right. But if you look at the people who uh, visited two plus pages, mm-hmm. they had an, uh pages per session of 6.7 
Yeah, and look at that. 8.4 minutes on the site, and they accounted for it, and this should shock you not at all, 100% of the conversions, <laughs> right? Because right. obviously anybody who bounced, by definition, you know, uh, yeah. uh, are those people who couldn't have converted, right? Because right. you have to have seen at least two pages to... Sure. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's remarkable when you think about it that way in terms of, you know, who's your high-quality traffic, and, and those are the people who are there and care yeah. more. So it's a really great point. Yeah, and and so again, you know, kind of winding this back to the, the top of the conversation, mm -hmm. you know, uh, clicks is easy to measure, but it's just the beginning of the journey. It's not the end yeah. of the journey. You know, the yeah. journey is the goal. Uh, and as marketers, we like to think that the goal will be some sort of conversion event. The goal could just be, you know, 6.6 .6 pages, and they're, they, they're now fully informed, and they can come back maybe at a later time and convert, hopefully. But whatever it is, it's trying to help people progress towards their goal. And it really is making sure that all of our efforts, whether it is investments in search or investments in content or investments in whatever it is that we as marketers think are important to help people drive there, that we're really focused on those addressable audiences. And you know, very often, I mean, again, I heard like three times in the past week or so, like when folks were focused on the big piece of the pie and yeah, I, I want to focus on the bigger piece of the pie. And it's like, no, it's actually focus on the smaller slice of the pie because it's a more realistic view of where the opportunity is on the website. Well, I love it, Steve. I think that's a great place to wrap up. In fact, I loved, we might have to change the title of this episode. I'm not so sure, but you just said the journey is the goal. And Look that is, that. you know, that's gold. a beautiful thing. Any any gold, we're gonna get that printed on shirts or anything. Anything else you want to leave people with before <laughs> before we give them that tidbit of wisdom? No, I think I, I, one final thought would be: think differently about the data and think yeah. differently about how we address those folks that we most want to do business with. And again, it's uh, I think it starts with the data and it then goes right into the customer experience. Right? How do you use the customer experience to improve? Uh, those, you know, are measurable outcomes. And, uh, and again, don't, do not underestimate uh, the, the importance of search in those, that goal achievement. Because again, this one client we looked at earlier this week, 125% more likely, searchers are 125% more likely to convert than anybody else on the website. So. And if you want to learn more, if people want to learn more about how they can do this with their website, we would invite them to go to solosegment.com slash search box where they can learn all about how Solo Segment can help them get those kind of numbers from their people who visit their website as well. So indeed, excellent stuff. Steve, as always, great chatting with you. I look forward to catching up soon. Thanks very much, Tim. Take care. Search Chat is brought to you by Solo Segment. Solo Segment focuses on site search analytics and AI-driven content discovery to improve search results, increase customer satisfaction, and unlock revenue for your company. Make your search better and learn more at solosegment.com. If you liked the show, please go ahead and subscribe to us. You can find our episodes at solosegment.com slash podcast or on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, or whatever your favorite podcatcher happens to be. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash solo segment, on Twitter using the Twitter handle at solo segment, or you can drop us an email at info at solo segment.com. 
Again, that's info at solosegment.com. With that, my name is Tim Peter. I hope you have a great rest of the week and we'll look forward to talking with you next time on Search Chat. Take care, everybody. Thank you.